You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones in the Temple of Film. I'm Steve. I'm Matt. And we're a VHS podcast that looks at the box art, trailers, and behind the scenes. And we're starting my animation month. I don't have a uh, clever name for it. That's okay. It's Animation September. That's what it's called. Uh- <laughs> we're doing a few that I have talked about in the past. And our first one is Wizards. There will come a time on the planet Earth. When science and technology will be long forgotten. When humanity will rise from the ashes of nuclear holocaust. When wizards will rule the world. 20th Century Fox presents Wizards. A futuristic fantasy epic born in the mind of Ralph Bakshi, the master of animated magic. It is the story of two brothers, Avatar and Black Wolf, powerful wizards, and mortal enemies from the day they were born. Avatar, the good, who rules the peaceful kingdom of Montagar with wisdom. Science and technology were outlawed millions of years ago. And magic. Black Wolf, the future Fuhrer. Attention, behold! Who rediscovers the ancient secrets of propaganda. Technology and war and sends out his muted armies in a reign of unimaginable terror. In Wizards, you will also meet the lovely Princess Eleanor, the loyal elf, Weehawk, and Peace, Black Wolf's evil robot henchman who is transformed into an avenging instrument of justice. Wizards is a Tolkien world of fairies and elves, sorcerers, and demons. It is shot 10 million years from now against strange and huge panoramic settings. And it is more fantastic, more enchanting, and more powerful than anything you've seen before. Wizards, the ultimate futuristic fantasy epic. Wizards, Ralph Bakshi's 1977 uh, <laughs> animated classic. Yeah, this was during the height of fantasy. Or at least, yeah, I would say the height because Star Wars came out the exact same year. Now, you just saw the trailer for the first time. Give me your opinion of that. I think it does a good job of selling what you're getting because it is giving you a lot of the craziness of the movie. But I feel like the trailer is sort of explaining everything, whereas the movie is more freewheeling. You know what I mean? Like you just kind of like go, you got to get on the movie's wavelength and kind of go with its flow. The trailer is like, this is what's happening. These are who these people are. This is sort of the plot. It's sort of setting up a plot for a movie that purposely doesn't have like a plot obviously there's a plot of this movie there's a mission there's things but it is pretty loose and like the the trailer makes it seem a little more structured than i think the film is 
Did you ever get into the 70s like fantasy dreamland thing? Were you a bit now other than Star Wars? We're not going to count that because that is, you know, the most iconic thing. Right. Right. Of the fantasy world, space, opera, everything. But the rest of it, did you get into it? Uh, no, and actually, I'll talk. I'll probably get more into detail on that with the next episode we're doing. But like, because uh, I've got some thoughts that kind of connect with that. But also, this movie, yeah, like I, I got into like this kind of animation where I like, like, I got super into Ralph Bakshi like uh, fifteen years ago. I got super into him, and I love stuff like Fritz the Cat, Heavy Traffic, you know, stuff like that. But like. Um, and I had seen this, the only time I had seen this movie before was when I was watching all of his stuff like 10, 12 years ago, but that was the only time I've ever seen Wizards. But I'm, I like this kind of animation and I like this kind of, uh, you know, seventies feel, but the fantasy aspect of it, no, like even growing up, I just, I, I've always been a horror fan. I like sci-fi, but I never got into like fantasy. Yeah. I never even got in like the Conans and stuff like that. Yeah, that was my next question. So none of the Conans or the like uh, people doing, you know, fantasy world where they're basically just recording in the Nevada desert. <laughs> yeah, like I, I never got into like, uh, we, you know, we talk about it, I think, in Ladyhawk. I never got into the Ladyhawk kind of movies. I never got into like the Dark Crystal kind of movies. Like yeah, the, the sword and, and sorcerer type stuff. No, never. That wasn't my thing. Like, uh, Sort of like the sword and sandal movies of like the 60s where they're like more drive-in movies. But in the 70s when there was some more legitimacy to them, I kind of check out. Yeah, the sword and sandals. That's kind of what I mean where they're like recording in the Nevada desert. Yeah, like <laughs> like those kind of like from the 60s and stuff with like I was like a teenage caveman type movies. Like I guess it's not a sword and sandal thing, but like those kind of drive-in B fantasy yeah. stuff I liked. But never... The tail end of like the nuclear. Like it went from the nuclear scare in the 50s and then you kind of like turned it slowly into post-apocalyptic yeah it was definitely like the the pre-vietnam yeah before it got and then when vietnam happened and like sci-fi fantasy and horror all changed because the world got so scary that's where i check out yeah we had it in the 70s like the 70s to me is always like the the cult movies the cannibal movies the what uh Satanic or the Satan, what is that? Satanic Panic. Yeah, Satanic Panic. You had those movies in the seventies. Just got gritty, yeah, because of Vietnam. And then you had it again right after nine eleven, where right. we had our hostels and our just dark. I mean, we got dark. Yeah, I love I love the way horror movies react to sort of tragedies and things like that. But yeah, then it then it bleeds over into everything where then everything is like that. And then it's kind of a bummer. But like it works it works for, I think, genre stuff. But I think fantasy did change with Vietnam and sort of those that era of fantasy was just never something I got into. It's always attacking the homeland, too. Yes. Yeah. Like it, it's always it's always that Cold War scare still, too. You know, like the commies. <laughs> well, yeah, that one's the one where they're coming over. But like what I mean on the homeland in the 70s, you had the cannibals, like the mm. family or mm-hmm. the friends would be traveling and it would be in your backyard, you know, kind of, right. obviously. And then after 9-11, I, I feel like it, like we had just a run of like torture. Yeah. But sometimes it would be like you're in someone's basement. There was an Australian one who came out and obviously they're probably not inspired by the 9-11 attacks, but they're inspired by the movies that came out in the U.S. after the 9-11 attacks. 
And I remember one where they like lock someone in the basement and they're torturing them. And I'm like, this is such a 2000s horror movie. Yeah. But maybe yeah. we can get back into the 70s fantasy world here. But I love, love revisiting what horror does into it. But then you had the late 70s where you had the fantasy comeback. And I think people were lifting the veil like, okay, uh, we, we've had our Texas Chainsaw Massacres. We've had our all those coming down. What the Hills Have Eyes, I believe mm-hmm. it was mid-70s. And the grit and the dirt. And then we, we got to, like, space opera. Da-da-da! Yeah, Star Wars changed everything. And then we, we lift it. We go away. We go away from the homeland. We kind of, like, let's have a little bit of fun. Let's watch these random people in the middle of nowhere space fight. Yeah. And it's much more enjoyable. It's fun. You can go to the movie and just relax and disconnect. Yeah. The blockbuster. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Made, made fantasy and things like hits at this yeah. time like they suddenly were not driving fair anymore they were hits they were the blockbusters and these are the two movies wizards and star wars that kind of started the star wars ripoffs i guess you could say the space movies mm-hmm. now this one's not as well known but it came out two weeks before star wars oh wow and did exceptionally well for a two million dollar two-year project it's also done it was paid for by 20th century fox yeah i was gonna say it really felt like because this was right after this was just um fritz the cat and heavy traffic he had done right and then he just jumped into this one well he had um good looking hey good looking hey was good that looking. also before but that this? was being blocked mm. because of all the you know he drew black characters which right. is was a no-no uh, uh, which it's just like pissed him off so much he's like you gotta be freaking kidding me i make this real urban cartoon animation where people are actually going there because he says all the time i don't hate disney i just think disney does trash and what he means by that is everything is basically lying to kids except with bambi and a few of the other ones but they're like they're just soft glitter yeah like he's he's always done like a vision of the city yeah, you real, real steamy, real like real life or whatever. Well, but this this movie like felt like it was a uh, like a graduation for him. It was like okay, we did these little like R rated for adults, like you know, very specific audience that you're going for. Like for it's a cat with its X rating and stuff like that. You're not gonna we- reach a giant audience with that. It did, but like <laughs> typically you wouldn't reach a giant audience with that. So this felt like a graduation for him. This is, felt like getting a budget and getting like a bigger movie. Yeah, and this one had a tough time too because 20th Century Fox had a different president when they agreed to this. And they were like, yeah, we'll give you $2 million. You know, I think Baskey got, for being a producer and everything, and a director, writer, producer, got like a hundred grand. And I, I think that was like common back then. It was just like $2 million for this. And this was barely in any theaters at the time. And it made... Upwards of like low eight million dollars, and then it got kicked out of theaters because we didn't have multiplexes back then. And Star Wars came like Star a Wars came out, ball. And, and they're like, <laughs> yeah, we. He even said he went to one of the local theaters where he was living, and he's like, they had three theaters, two of them had Star Wars in it, and they kicked mine out. And he's the director of the film, and he comes up to him, he's like, I'm trying to watch my movie. And they're like, oh yeah, we had to get rid of that one. We couldn't, we couldn't keep it in. Great, we loved it, by the way, but it's gone. <laughs> but we need to go print our money now. Yes, and I can't blame those theaters. They're there to make money. 
they can't just put in the movies that they personally like, even though it was making money, but come on. Yeah. Yeah, Star Wars. Yeah. So, and this was originally called War Wizards, and Lucas asked him, hey, can you rename that? Baxi's like, yeah, but you got to do me a favor, so let me think about it. And then he's like, hey, can I use that kid that you're using? Uh, I heard his voice, and I think he'd, I want him to do one of my voices. He's like, oh, Mark? Yeah, sure. You can use Mark for one day. I'll give him a day off. And you have Mark Hamill's, one of his, I think, his first voice acting. I would imagine so. This is early in his career. I would imagine so. Yeah, let me see. The character he played, let me play a clip of it. Please accept our apologies for the behavior of some of our more carefree brothers. I'm Sean, leader of the Knights of Stardust, protectors of Dolan, king of the mountain fairies. We have prepared a feast to welcome you to our humble domain. Now listen here, you little winged squirt. Uh, do you realize who you guys are? Oh, I have to being so grumpy. Oh, I, hey. oh. <laughs> 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 All right, okay, okay. I'm Avatar the Great, as you've heard. Now this here is Eleanor, Queen of Montagar. What brings you here? Well, we're on a quest to reach the land of Scorch. You're heading for Scorch? I'm afraid you're in for trouble. Will you tell us what you know? There you go. That's him. Uh, he played. He was the son of the fairies. It's yeah, Mark yeah, Hamill. Yeah, it's you're Mark like Hamill. that's the Joker. Sean. <laughs> you're so, like that's the Joker. I can hear him. <laughs> I didn't do research, but I believe that's got to be one of his very first. But I, I think that's awesome. He's like, yeah, I'll use my. I'll, I'll change my name, but you got to let me use that kid. I like his voice. Wizard, <laughs> and Wizards is a better title for this than War Wizards. It, anyway. is, it, it is. Right direction. You did it right. Wizards. Keep it simple. <laughs> Should we talk about what's on what's on this box here? Yeah. Let's uh, let's see if see if we're renting this. Um, so it just says Wizards on the cover. It's from Playhouse Video, that one we watched. Um, and it is the animal they ride on top of a hilltop in a very Ralph Bakshi animation sort of way. We're like. This thing looks, it's got a lot of detail, looks rough, and then the hill they're on has a lot of specific details, and riding on top of it is our red robot guy, um, whose name I can't remember. Um, um, well, it was Necron 99, but they ended up renaming him to Peace. Okay. Oh, yeah. It says it on here, Peace, on, uh, on the little saddle that he has on this, this animal. And that's it. That's it. That's your entire cover. Uh, yeah, but uh, so their their movie poster, which you can look up online, is much more interesting because it says on the top of it, if you think the world's messed up now, um, wait until 10 million years from now or 2 million years in the future or something. And it's got uh, Black Wolf, the main antagonist on the front of it with all of his minions below him. And like, I think peace, I think this little cutout of peace is in the middle. Mm. And I wonder why they cut it down to really simple like this for the video. Yeah, I don't know, but you know what? I'm I'm sold on it. Like I'm like I would see this cover and be like, yeah. It looks interesting enough to check out. No, this caught my eye as a kid. Yeah. My yeah. brother's eyes. They didn't like it anywhere near as much as I did, but I fell in love with it. Yeah, this is a good cover. Like I think I would I would pick this up. I did not see this movie as a kid though. I didn't see it until I was much older, but uh until I was like 20 or almost 20 but uh, yeah I I would have picked this up for sure I would have yeah. rented this what's, um, what's our description in the back so if you guys don't know what Wizards is about we've been talking about it for like ever now and we haven't told you Ralph Bakshi's animated fantasy of good conquering evil 
Color, 1977. The gifted imagination of master animator Ralph Bakshi triumphs in this futuristic fantasy that depicts a battle between magic and technology. Avatar, an eccentric old sorcerer who appears to have cast one spell too many, uses kindness and understanding to rule Montagar, a rainbow paradise inhabited by elves and fairies. His brother Black Wolf dominates Scorch, a bleak, barren land of goblins and wraiths. Thirsting for even more power, Black Wolf whips his minions into a frenzy with Nazi propaganda films, arms them with long-forgotten instruments of war, and sends them forth to conquer Montagar. In response, Avatar, accompanied by only a spirited young woman and a courageous elf, embarks on a perilous quest into darkness, into the darkness of Scorch to save the world with his own magic. Thought-provoking Wizards is a kaleidoscope feast for the eyes that will enthrall animation fans and adventurers. 81 minutes, 1977, PG. I love it, PG. Yeah, this wouldn't fucking fly at all today. Like, obviously. <laughs> this would be an R now if this came out. Definitely. Well, it doesn't have any nudity, but it, that fairy might as well be nude. Yeah, a lot of nipples. A lot of and There's a lot of big boobs. Um, a also, of, A lot of shot. A lot of creatures being shot. And a lot of talk about sex. Like, yeah. A lot of references to sex that yeah. are pretty explicit, not in, like, graphic, but, like, they're not talking about anything else. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, it's just the way he does it. He, yeah. he writes like that, Ralph Bakshi. And he came from all these urban. Now, he ended up doing this movie so he would could get away from the urban. Because like he had done Hey, Good Looking, um, Fritz, and what is the other one? Coonskin? Or was Coonskin afterwards? I think Coonskin was after this. Yes. Uh, heavy Traffic, right? Heavy Traffic. That's the other one. So he wanted to get away from the urbans, uh, urban stories like that because he didn't want to be typecasted as that. So he's like, well, I want to go back to fantasy because he, he likes fantasy a lot. And he specifically, he's like, I wanted to make a kid's film. I crack up because this, <sighs> I kind of get what he's saying with like, it's a kid's film because it's kind of got that goofy, especially Avatar, mm-hmm. the main protagonist. He's just like, uh, but he drinks and smokes. And yeah, <laughs> and fucks. Like. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, they don't actually show it, but you know. Yeah, like he talks about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it, it's def- but it's definitely like he's got kids movie in him because he did Lord of the Rings later. And that's, he, I feel like that, I, that's just safe for kids, I think. But this is not. like <laughs> No. Well, I mean, the only reason he did Lord of the Rings was because of this. He wanted to do another one, and he knew about this book. Him and his animators knew about it. And was like, We're, let's get the rights to this. Because mm. at that point, no one wanted to do it. I mean, one day we'll do that film, because it's got a, a good story. Not as good as this. This is wacky, how this got out. And we'll talk about it during the film, but... So I highly recommend it if you ever bump into it, rent it. Uh, I know we wait to the end there, but just you need to watch this. I would say pause this podcast if you haven't. Find this. I'm sure you can get it on Amazon or Vudu, whatever. Yeah. I, I watch it because it's just something that you're, you'll never see something like this anymore. Yeah, this is definitely a product of its era and, wouldn't again, wouldn't fly today for no. sure. I, I remember seeing this in our video store where it was... It said, I forget what they had, but it was basically it was animations not for kids. Mm. And they put it up high as if, like, to me, you're like, oh, those are naughty. 
And like when I, I got this, the reason I could rent this is because my parents probably didn't pay attention and it's PG. Mm. And they just looked at it and they're like, yeah, you know, Transformers, whatever. It's got a gun on the front, which I'm pretty sure my mom was like, Ugh. but <laughs> I just think, you know, when you got four boys that won't shut up, the middle child gets away with renting something like this. Yeah. And it, I mean, you're right. And it says PG on the back, mm-hmm. uh, but it does say it's funny. Uh, when did this ta- this tape came out in '87, so ten years later? Mm-hmm. Uh, it says Playhouse Video strongly recommends parental guidance in yep. viewing this feature. <laughs> it's like it's PG, but like be aware that you're going to show your kids some shit, though. <laughs> this is it, though. This movie only has two releases, and I have them both. If you're looking at them. I don't even think there was a DVD for this. I don't think this ever came out on DVD either. No, it, it's a, as far as I know, it's a VHS and then this uh, Blu-ray, which they did a great job with the Blu-ray. And the only reason this Blu-ray came out is because the fans were like banging the drum for it. Yeah. When did this, when did this come out? 2011. Uh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. No, I never saw this one on DVD. Um, and I think that's, I think it's sort of limited availability is probably why it took me so long to see it mm-hmm. and i probably ended up seeing it in 2011 like that's probably when i saw it but yeah. i did not remember any of it going into it this time so it was kind of i knew some images or whatever a, a lot of the stuff involving peace here but like i didn't really remember the movie at all so this no. was still kind of like a new fresh experience for me i mean playhouse put it out and i don't think they did much i've seen that logo before yeah, they must work with Fox because like Fox is who put this out theatrically and then eventually put out the Blu-ray, so they must still own the rights to it. So, oh yeah, it is. It it literally. And says was this the Playhouse CBS video. Fox yeah. Video like era? Uh huh. It says Playhouse Video is a division of CBS Fox Video. Yeah. If any of you know about that, that was that was a weird time when it was the CBS Fox thing. Yeah. Going on. That's that's a whole nother story. But let's pop the tape in. And now our feature presentation. Wow. Okay, so when you first put this in, this is how you do a prologue, in my opinion. You put... Because most of the time, movies, you know, they just have scrolling text. Mm. And they either let you read it, and it's hard to read. There's too many words on there because you're, like, squinting, especially in the VHS era. Like, what? Am I reading? This one, on the other hand, has this awesome voice of this woman who is on there. And she just tells you... A mom had two magical twins. The mom died. The twins were ripped apart. They fought. One was, you know, evil magic and one was like love magic. And they split. And this world is a post-apocalyptic world where five terrorists started the war. And I don't know how many years this was in the future. I want to say like 10,000, maybe a million. I don't know. Some ridiculous number. Yeah. In the future. And man's true ancestors fairies elves and goblins or something are now rule the world i'm like i don't know how that works but whatever yeah um and then this also starts with like the ralph bakshi uh trope of the painted images that aren't moving you know Mm -hmm. like the still images which is something he's done a lot in his animated movies it's cheap Uh, and it's effective but it works yeah you kind of get the scope of the movie very early on, mm-hmm. even without it having moving pictures yet. Yeah, it's it's clever because, one, you get to use all this concept work. It doesn't go to waste because you get to put it in the background, and it's almost like, I don't know what you'd call it, but yeah, it, it's just a really nice way to do a prologue. 
like I said, like the, at the beginning, like this is, this sets up your plot. This gives this narration, but then the movie just kind of goes a little more Lucy, Lucy Goosey, a little more freewheeling, which is again more like Ralph Bakshi style. So I guess I'll I'll sort of say how I feel about this movie. I'm I'm not into the kind of movie this is, but I I like the way this story's told. I like the freewheeling. I like the like jazzy, uh, beatnik. Uh, Ralph Bakshi approach to like this story because if this were told straight I'd be bored out of my mind I think because I don't like fantasy stuff like this so like I don't think I'd be super into it but because it's jazzy and loose and weirder I'm a little more into it I still don't this isn't one of my favorites and I think that's why I kind of forgot about this one but I like it you know and I like I like it uh, being told this the sort of the storytelling approach to it is what I like about it yeah, it's hard also to go like we're we're not going to go scene by scene cuz it's hard to tell you what this movie is because in the long run it's kind of simple you're like uh two brothers that were split are now coming together many years in the future to fight and then one has to win and one has to lose. If the good one wins, we we live in peace. If the bad one wins, you know, hell comes to earth or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's it's that, but there's so much more into this where like, to me, this isn't cool world bonkers like you like. Mm. There's a little bit more structure to it. But, yeah, like you said, it's 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 freebasing. It's it's jazzy. It's Yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, yeah, it's it, it tells the story it needs to tell. But then it and then it just kind of has fun. It plays in the world it creates, I guess. Yeah. That's more what it is. It's playing within a world it creates. And I tend to like that more than sort of that. The, the tropey plot stuff of fantasy movies of, yeah, like the separated brothers, good triumphing over evil, the quest, you know, yeah. all that stuff those that, that are in all those oh. movies, that puts me to sleep. But because this one's just like, we're going to give you a world and we're going to show you shit in it, that's what I like, usually. That's They're what all, I like about Cool yeah. World. We explore Cool World. We the explore s- the wizard world. I like it. The sword and sorcerer movies are always, it's always a freaking quest. Mm. Yeah. It, I mean, you had, what, Conan... You had uh, Lady Hawk, that was a quest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, so many of these. I know there's like there's, there's so a million of them. Yeah, they're just not coming to mind now Dark because Crystal's they all, all like a quest. Like. It, it's exactly like get get to the sh- put the shard in the dark crystal when the three suns align. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. And you yeah. gotta you gotta travel, and along the way you meet people. You know, it's it's the same fantasy. It's a video on. game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, video games really took everything from the uh, 70s 80s uh fantasy movies (laughs) all those rpgs were probably made by 30 year old guys who grew up on those 70s fantasy films and then you get to the 80s and you get nintendo you're like oh we can actually make this (laughs) yeah but uh yeah so i i'm more plugged into this one because i get to play in the world a little bit more in the 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 world world is created wonderfully weird very much still the New York streets that Ralph Bakshi creates in his urban movies, uh, just in futuristic, you know, space or whatever, wherever we're at, you know, like it, with goblins and elves. But it's it's yeah. still it's still pre it's like Hell's Kitchen, New York, still, but yeah. in the, this fantasy realm. <laughs> it truly is. It's so weird, and it sh- it still shocks me. Like when the president, which by the way, the president's a clown. I, I was mm. like, that's got to be something with Bash. You know, that's there's got to be something behind that. Yeah, uh, maybe Nixon, probably. And then he gets shot, and that always shocks me. Is when the assassin Necron ninety nine just comes up and blows the shit out of him. Yeah, a lot of people get blown up. 
in this movie. A lot of people die in this. This is yeah. not a gentle one for kids. <laughs> well, he always talks about kids need to embrace the emotion of fear. Mm-hmm. You know, they need to understand it, why they have it, and, you know, what to do about it. And I'm like, yeah, but <laughs> uh, do we really want to show like an eight, nine year old some president's like face just getting blasted? <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know. I would show my kid this movie still. I'd be like, it's rougher, but. Well, not with YouTube and shit like that. Kids yeah, are just like, this looks worse. old. Yeah, it's no worse than anything they're going to see on their own anyway. So <laughs> yeah, it, since it's PG, I'd still show it to a kid. But I understand I would show it to a kid still. It's it's rougher, but like it like it, it's no worse than anything they were going to see anyway. So I would show it to kids. Did you have any favorite characters? Mm-hmm. Other than Peace, let's just say that. Well, he looks cool, but he, he's kind of a Boba Fett where he kind of... Mm-hmm. He gets he gets to do stuff. He gets to do more than Boba Fett does, but then, like, he is gone. He's out of the movie for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I do. Like, and that, that's not a dig on the movie or anything. I just don't think I have, like, a favorite character in this. I just, like I said, I like playing in the world, but I don't care. <laughs> I think mine's Avatar just because he struggles. He's not your typical like wizard that's gonna save the day because he yeah, he drinks, he has sex, he's like he's kinda harder edged than like the good guy, goody goody than usually these movies. Well like he won, beat his brother away in the past, and now he's just been enjoying life. He's like three thousand years old or whatever he is, I don't know. These characters live forever apparently. Uh, and then he's just like, you know, he's just been enjoying retirement in a way. And then he's like, well, I got to go defeat my brother now because he's got an army. And then he realizes, oh, I'm way past my prime. And then, and his brother has been like sharp, sharp with a, he's been learning all this magic just to get revenge. And then, you know, Avatar on the other hand is just like, oh shit, I'm out of shape. Yeah. He's just been coasting for a while. (laughs) And then basically all he can do is like, make you know butterflies and stuff right yeah and i like i like like some of the looks of uh i like like the skeleton arms that uh what's his name has the bro- black, uh, black black wolf, wolf yeah. black wolf has it's that's cool uh i like i like the design of the the elf that goes with him do they have the, that guy's name oh um, his little um minion helper yeah the one with the sword the little that little the green elf guy i don't remember his name but i like that i like that character design i like the way he looked but yeah no i don't have a favorite yeah the one of the scenes that i always love always cracks me up is like they killed fritz i can't believe it they killed him it's like the bad guys you know yeah which i guess are kind of like stormtroopers or kind of like ss soldier i don't know what they're supposed to be but they've got like the little breathing Mm. apparatuses yeah, they look yeah. like stormtroopers yeah fritz fritz get up for god's sake get up they've killed fritz they've killed fritz those lousy stinking yellow fairies those horrible atrocity filled vermin those despicable animal war workers they've killed fritz take this take this take this you green swine you black hearted short wool-legged Max, Max, I'm okay. I'm okay, Max. Just a scratch. Look, I'm all right. Max. Oh. Oh, damn. There you go again, stepping on my lines, raining on my parade, costing me medals. Oh, damn. Ooh. Oh, Fritz. Fritz, get up, for God's sake. Get up. They've killed Fritz. They've killed Fritz. 
Those lousy, stinking yellow fairies! Those horrible atrocity-filled rarin! Tinkers! Tinkers! It killed Fritz! Yeah, they're, they're your basic foot soldiers with a brain. Like, minions that they have in here are just, like, brainless. They just are following orders, and I don't even... They're just idiots. But the, the guys tend to have a little bit of a brain. And when he's just like, they killed Fritz. And he goes, I'm okay. <laughs> and that's that's Ralph Baskey's voice. I'm okay. And then he immediately gets shot. No, those yellow bastard yeah. fairies. Yeah. Which, by the way, he calls them yellow fairies. I was like, is that some sort of Asian dig mm. from, I don't know. Because, I mean, Vietnam being so close, you know. I don't know. I don't know what that was trying to do there. Yeah, I don't know. Why would you call them yellow fairies? Uh, because they were. I I thought it was because they were. They killed him and left like they were cowards. Oh, That's what I got. okay. But I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I just I find look- that I just find that part funny. Uh, a lot of this, <clears throat> like when you have the minions, like Ralph Baskey believes in having different styles of animation throughout his movie to get different feelings out of you Mm. and he certainly does it and he's he goes completely against like what disney teaches disney teaches you know keep everything consistent so the you know you're in the same world and this one has like the the like rotoscope war apocalyptic scenes that are pretty interesting which are very different from like the more traditional animation that the rest of the world is in i like i like that shift i like the uh the yeah apocalyptic rotoscoping (laughs) He's very creative, like even putting in the whole Hitler speech, which shocked me as a kid with the swastikas and everything. Yeah. I, as a, a kid, this blew my mind. I never knew this was even possible. Yeah, the, the Nazi propaganda specifically. In a world where it's a fantasy and we can we don't have to pull anything from the real world to have like actual real world history stuff mixed in with this fantasy world was kind of interesting. I think it's really effective. It's shocking and it's memorable. I think that's one of the takeaways from this movie, especially mm-hmm. this time watching it. I was like, wow, like, yeah, this is so specifically Nazi driven, really. Yeah. Like the villain, and they learn everything they know from these Nazi propaganda films. Yeah, they learn how to make tanks. And yeah, they learn about and, war. Yeah. So, and they, I love how they call it a dream machine. Like he plays it in the yeah. sky, Black yeah. Wolf does. And yeah. Like, all the elves are, are like they just paralyzed in a way, and then they're just slaughtered. Yeah. Did you notice he made it look like World War One too, with like all the trenches? Oh no, I never caught that. I don't know why though, because you know Hitler and all that would be World War Two. Well, could it be? Could it be that this is their this this world's first war? Because they don't know war, and then now they have learned it. Well, so no. this is their first. This is their World War One. Well, they already had a war with them the before because that's they're, the one um, older elf was telling the younger elf. He's like, ah, these minions, they look tough, but they're yellow. They're cowards. Remember, he's like, we beat them before. Oh, okay. They're not going to get past. But then they had the dream machine mm. and he beat them. So it, so would, yeah, be it would be World War Two then. Yeah. Yeah. I just wondered. I don't, Maybe it, was, it just looks interesting. Who knows? Uh, you never know what. Bakshi. Uh, so, because I mean, he he will have one idea, and if someone else presents something better, boom, let's go with it. But like, there's also the why not approach, the fuck it Bakshi approach of just like, why not? Why not? Yeah. Why not? It, if it looks cool, and it is cool, and it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to make sense. 
Yeah, and there's a lot of things in it. Like, one of the characters I, I don't like is Weehawk, the elf who travels with Avatar. Um, I just find that character so boring. I get it. Like, he's just going with them. <laughs> but to me, he was like the most boring character that they had. Mm. But maybe they just wanted someone, a character to kind of like, well, Avatar needed him. He, someone needed to protect Avatar. Yeah. I, yeah, it might just be a look thing. I feel like yeah. it's a, it's a, you know, to fill out the group, <laughs> to fill out the uh, people going on the quest. Yeah. So they, they basically just travel. So it was the four of them going off on their own. Peace, Avatar, Weehawk, and um, Eleanor, which was Eleanor ends up <laughs> Avatar. Spoilers. Avatar and Eleanor end up getting murdered or at least just hooking up. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Hooking up, I think, because yeah. he's talking about fucking a lot. So yeah. <laughs> a lot of yeah, this lot of uh, s- sexuality in this section of the movie with them because she's got boobies hanging out and yeah. like she's moving and she's gyrating a lot. So yeah, yeah it's it's very it's very backshe though. And again though, it's like kids they can see much worse on the internet. So it's it's shocking to see in a kids movie now when kids movies are so safe but like i think it's fine still (laughs) it's button pushing but it's fine yeah i always love how he uses the rotoscope and why why he uses the rotoscope is actually more fascinating so he had the money for this and he's like oh you know we've we've gone a little over budget so i'm gonna go to fox and ask for fifty thousand dollars more which is nothing fifty thousand dollars more what what who cares I mean, Star Wars, on the other hand, gone over like three, five million dollars. Mm. So Lucas and him had to both go to Fox to ask for more money. And basically, Fox told both of them, no. Well, I think Lucas, Lucas got the money because he renegotiated the back end, which was brilliant. He's like, yeah, I'll use my own money f- to finish this movie. But I want a larger amount of the gross, which made him which... a... But yeah, whatever. He just had so much money. It was ridiculous because of it. And even though he didn't get much for merchandising, he still got basically all of it. Yeah. No, that worked out. Because it was a good good deal he negotiated there. Yes. The new president of Fox has a quote of like, I don't understand this fantasy shit. I don't understand it. Yeah. He wasn't going to give either of them money because in his mind, I don't understand it. And I don't think it's going to make a ton of money. Nice move. Genius. I do think, you know, this might be a testament to the old uh, head of Fox, but I still even think this movie, it, it's a miracle this movie got made in 77. I know we're saying that, like, it couldn't get made today, but I still think it's a miracle this got made in 77 or 75 when they started it or whatever. It was it's just, because it's, of, it's still too weird. It's counterculture. That's why counterculture was big in the 60s and it bled in, off into the 70s and Bakshi had proved that he could make money on small budgets. Yeah. And so, he could do these beatnik jazzy, you know, plotless kind of things and people like him. No, you you would have to prove that you could make money on this because he was pretty much the only ones. I mean, you had other animations in other countries that were, you know, weird, but they were made for, you know, like dirt. Mm. It's amazing that he got $2 million in the 70s for this. But the only reason is because is he proved that he could do it. He could have his team, and every time he finished a product. Uh, so it was kind of amazing. 
Yeah, I, I love how Lucas and them neither of them got more money, but I just love I just think find it fascinating that he fifty thousand dollars. Couldn't even get fifty thousand dollars. Problem solving makes the creative mind more creative, and I'm sure it worked out for the best for this movie. <laughs> yeah, he was pissed. He's like, how am I going to have a war movie when I don't even have the money to make the final battle? You know, I have a fucking war movie with no war. Mm. That's what he said, you know. Yeah. So what he did was he had, he knew he was going to, he had heard a rotoscope. He's like, I'm going to have to rotoscope all this. So he went and borrowed a bunch of old test footage which you could always do in the archives because they wouldn't really question it much. You're like, what do you need it for? And he's like, research. So what he did was he ended up going to IBM, who was uh, like rolling out this new fancy large-scale printer. And he took these and he wanted to blow them up. And he went to IBM and IBM's like, well, why would we do this for you cheap? And he goes, listen, you realize all these animation companies are going to see what I'm going to do with this and they're going to have to come to you. So IBM, even though they didn't need to, they just decided, fuck it. We'll give it to you for, uh, you know, two cents or 20 cents or two dollars. I don't remember what it was, the print, whatever it was. It was ridiculously cheap. And Pakshi's like, yes. And he printed all these out and they rotoscoped these battles off old test footage or all, you know, old war footage that no one was using. So yeah. that's just, and that's the only reason he finished this movie and got it out. And that's how he figured out how to make Lord of the Rings. Cause Lord of the Rings was going to be way too big, way too epic. But now he knows, you know, he's like, Oh man, I can get these giant battles done by rotoscoping. And they look great in the movie too. Like they, they don't look like they don't look slap dash together. They look like they're supposed to be there you know and, what i mean like it looks like footage they filmed for the movie or mm-hmm. like very carefully selected footage i should say uh it's more what it looks like and i think it's i like it well, i like the rotoscoping here it's also genius because he's so like he's, he's you know got fuck it on his sleeve and his beatnik is you know all over the place type of style even if it looks a little poor compared to something else in the film it still matches his styles right yeah, he can get away with it. Yeah. He can get away with like having the concept art in the opening scene. He can get away with the rotoscoping and you know, and the mixing of these different forms because it's like what you come to expect when you see one of his movies. Yeah, I have two two little things left. Uh the trick at the end by Avatar to kill his brother is awesome. Brother, there is no need for me to destroy you. Surrender. Surrender your world. You always did need an audience, you sap. Let me tell you, I ain't practiced much magic for a long time. I want to show you a trick Mother showed me when you weren't around. He was on special occasions like this. Uh, oh yeah, one more thing. I'm glad you changed your last name, you son of a bitch. show you this trick that my mom taught that our mom taught me uh when you weren't paying attention he just pulls the guns out and shoots him yep cracked me up yep and that's (laughs) it and that is it (laughs) and then he goes to drink smoke and fuck the rest of his life yeah (laughs) (laughs) i it's like to me that's i wonder if avatar is uh ralph bakshi 
that's kind of the vibe I got. <laughs> that is kind of absolutely the vibe I got. So with um, and then there's one more great, great story on this. Uh, one of the animators, Brenda Banks, which is a very popular, well-known animator now. She um, she came up. She goes all the way to their studios in California from Georgia, like walking, busing, hitching to get there. And she basically is like, I want to be an animator. And back she's like, uh, have you ever animated? No. Is it okay? Has, so you have no experience? No. Uh, but he also knew that it was a woman, so most likely she wouldn't have been able to. Because even if she went into a place to work... Because a lot of times... Back in the, these days, to be an animator, you had to go through like an apprenticeship, and it would take forever. You would start with like cleaning cells, polishing cells, and then before you know it, it took like five years. You'd get to do a little bit of tweening, and then finally, it, it would take you know eight to ten years to become an animator, which Bakshi hated. He's just like, that's stupid. If you're good, you're good. Yeah. He's like, ah, you know what? I, I got something from this woman. Uh, you know, the amount of effort it was to get here, and then to have the courage to just go right up to the producer and be like, I want a job and I'm not leaving. So he goes, all right, (laughs) (laughs) fuck it. And, uh, she ended up getting the minion shots where they're like bouncing by themselves and just being goofy because she wanted to be a comedic animator. Mm. And he's like, eh, if she couldn't do this, she couldn't do anything. So I gave her a shot and she did it. Yeah. And he's like, look at it. And then she went off to do Daffy Duck and work for Warner Brothers and all kind. You can actually see Brenda Banks look up her stuff. Uh, she's even got a couple. Uh, I think she's got a channel on YouTube where she, you know, just has a bunch of her animations that she's done or directed. I'm like, damn, that's crazy. Everybody's got to start somewhere, and she <laughs> she was barking up the right tree at the right time. <laughs> yeah, and I already said that they, you know, this came out two weeks before Star Wars, and basically the popularity of Star Wars actually hurt this film. Yeah, but this movie has definitely had a life yes, beyond yeah. uh, the the theatrical release. This this is definitely a cult classic. This is definitely, I think, a lot of people consider this Bakshi's masterpiece. Honestly, this this seems to be one that comes up a lot when. Yeah, Hey, Good Looking is also one. Yeah, which I think is maybe my favorite, uh, personally. I think Hey, um, Good Looking is, yeah, it's. But uh, this is good. Yeah. This is good. But this isn't my thing. So it's like, I can't consider this his masterpiece. Like, but I think a lot of people do. I think a lot of people really like this movie. Conceptually, it might be. It just sticks out more than all of his other movies. Yeah, it's like it has like the the you know the scope of a Lord of the Rings, but it's his own creation as opposed to an adaptation. Yeah, yeah which is yeah. So I mean, either one. Uh, I'd say if you're a Bakshi fan, you have to see Hey, Good Looking. Uh, Coonskin's one of those ones where you're like, wow. Coonskin is also one where I'm I'm just shocked. I think I love Coonskin, Heavy Traffic, and Hey Good Looking are like my three favorites to kind of go through. I think mm-hmm. Hey Good Looking is my favorite of the three, but I like all three of those like a lot. It's sort of like as definers of his animation style. They're just so counter culture of like Disney. Yeah, they're opposite Disney. <laughs> I mean, Don Bluth was, you know, basically going head to head with Disney for a while in the 80s. But Bakshi, on the other hand, is just like, I'll go against all of you. I don't care. Yeah, he was just working, operating in the underground and doing his own thing. And I think he's just sort of this rebel voice that people really, you know, were attracted to, though. Like, 
People know who they may not know his name, but they know the movies. They know Fritz the Cat. Yeah, I love I I love his ability to just say fuck it. Yeah, me too. That's what I really like about him. That's why I got super into him like ten years ago. I just I think I I I grown up loving Cool World, and I think I finally saw Fritz the Cat, and then I just went down the mm-hmm. rabbit hole and then saw everything that he did, um, except for I've never seen Lord of the Rings, and I've never seen Fire and Ice. But I've seen all the other ones. That makes sense because you're not in the fantasy stuff. Yeah, and I'm not. They're the they're the, I guess more kids movies than this yeah. movie. They're like his fantasy trilogy. Yeah, and I kind of skipped maybe because I saw this one, didn't get super fired up about this one, and I kind of just avoided those other two. So I've never seen those two. It'll be interesting to dig in someday. Yeah, one day. I, I don't have the Lord of the Rings of VHS, but I have the special edition Blu-ray, which is kind of not that special because <laughs> I, I don't even think Bakshi's on it mm. which he doesn't do much stuff for his own he's just you know he's probably an old man trying to still get movies done <laughs> it's true yeah so his his last one though that Coney Island short that he put on Vimeo was excellent yeah uh, so he's still got it like dude still got it I hope he keeps getting keeps getting work or whatever I did notice he does have a commentary though on this blu-ray he does, yeah. Yeah, I'd like to listen to it. I didn't have time on this one. Uh, I would like to talk about the tape. Did you notice how shitty it was when yeah. I sent it to you? Yeah, it was, it was rough. Yep. It was a rougher one. It, it wasn't that. It wasn't, like, unwatchable, though. It wasn't like... Uh, i seen worse. But... Yeah, I think Rage Carry 2, where I had to, like, Oof. turn it off, the tape. <laughs> or Laser Mission. Yeah, where it just, like, fucks out, like, halfway through the movie. Like, Yet yeah. the audio still goes, which is insane. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, this one just seemed, like, rough. Did you did you buy this secondhand, or did you have this one growing up? I bought this one secondhand a long time ago. So you still have had this for about a long time. I've had this, yeah, for a really long time. I've had this since college. Nice. Yeah. So this one I found in some video store. Obviously, you can tell it sat on the shelves in video store. It didn't get rented much, and they sold it. I think I bought this for a dollar. Nice. Yeah, I wonder, is it, do you know if this Playhouse video one's rare? or It's the only one you can get. Oh, it's so the only VHS. It's probably like mid-tier then, maybe? Yeah. I, I, I don't know how... Rarer. I, I, just, I don't think it costs a lot of money, but I just don't think many people have it. Yeah. It's it's like one of those sitting in the middle. Yeah. It's not a super collector's one, but collectors always have it. Sometimes. I would I would say as much as I'm not super fired up about this movie, I would still say if you came across it to pick it up though, cuz it is interesting. Yes. I just think if you like, you know, oddities, if you like counterculture, if you like someone telling Disney and the rest of the animation world to go, you know, <laughs> go fuck yourself then you'll like Bakshi and you'll like wizards yeah i uh i like his, his other stuff around this time a little bit more but like it's a, it's an interesting worthwhile visit into the into the world of ralph Bakshi. and maybe if you're not quite ready for like the fritz the cats and the coon skins this could be a nice litmus test for you to like yes test yeah. the waters a little bit <laughs> yeah i think this is definitely one a starter kit for <laughs> yeah. ralph Bakshi. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah, and he's got a great book out, the uh, unfiltered, the complete Ralph Bakshi, which I ended up doing something that I'm I'm sorry to admit this. I, I read about this film. You did some reading. Yep. Look out. It it hurt. <laughs> but it was fascinating. I I just like he's such a great storyteller. Like if you just stick a camera in front of him, his stories are just fun. 
Like he just he has lived a life. I'm I'm still holding out for like a cool uh you know, boutique Blu-ray company to go in and do cool world more to just hear the stories mm-hmm. from him about how everything went wrong, whatever got made, got made. You know, like I wanna hear his uh his take on the making of cool world uh so i'm hoping somebody gets an interview with him for the inevitable boutique release of that movie <laughs> i wonder if brad pitt is would be just so brad pitt about it and be like yeah i'll show up don't he, even pay me i'll he, talk about it he might you could tell he's having fun in the movie so like I, he might brad pitt's just one of these actors i can't predict what he'll do i mean because he'll he'll do movies that he likes for like next to no money i don't care yeah because he can yeah, it's just... you can. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the museum. This is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. That belongs in a museum. So do you. This is the part of the show where we go out in the film jungle and bring something back like Indy, an artifact, good or bad. I guess I'll go first since I picked it. I'm going to... I'm going to put an avatar. I just... There's two things I want to put in. I want to put in Avatar, just such a weird protagonist where he's just past his prime and he's just getting by with, you know, <laughs> tricks. Yeah. Yeah. And he's he's rougher. He's rough around yeah. the edges. Drinks, yeah. smokes, you know, he's, he's trouble. <laughs> but he's a, yeah, he's a good, he's a good uh, watchable hero. And he's also laid back. He's like, ah, don't worry about it. Yeah. And yeah. then he realizes, oh shit, we should worry. Yeah, he said that 70s beatnik. Eh, it's going to be all right. Everything's going to be fine, man. Cool cat. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about it. And then he gets the president gets shot in front of him. Uh-oh. <laughs> but I also love the prologue, which I said. I mean, that's how you do a prologue. Love it. I'm going to I'm just going to put in I think the scene I actually liked the most in it because it was so just out of left field, out of nowhere, was the scene we briefly talked about with the uh, he, sh- he shot Fritz, and then that scene doesn't have any bearing really on the rest of the movie. It doesn't matter that it's there, but it's it. But it, the length of the scene, like they take the time and do like break away from the movie for like two and a half minutes to do this whole scene, and I think it's very representative of the jazzy freewheel and like, well, we're just gonna take this little aside real quick and uh do that so i'm gonna take that scene as a representation of all the scenes that i did like in the movie that were very just like didn't matter towards the plot we just paused the plot for a second just to have these little crazy side scenes and that was a good funny one uh it's a specific one that happens in this movie that seems like they were sitting around one night drinking smoking and they're like wouldn't it be funny if we did this and the next day they're like Let's do it. Let's just do it anyway. Fuck it. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. And it, I like that scene a lot. So I'm going to put that in the museum as a representation of the kind of stuff that, that is in this movie that I like. Cool. I like it. That's going to end our Wizards episode, which is a fun one. We we both recommend it. Get it. If you see it, definitely pick it up. Even It's not a super collector's item, but it, it's rare. It's rare enough to own. Yeah. it's it's. I think it's a weird enough one to pick up, and you will be curious enough to visit it i think uh again and if not you know fucking buy it for a dollar or 25 cents uh at your goodwill if they have it watch it and then just take it back there if you don't want it it's cheaper than a rental so right on. <laughs> uh definitely try it though all right you can catch us on facebook even though we don't reply that much uh look us up on youtube podbean you know how it is you can 
Email us at analogjonestof at gmail.com. Ask us a VHS question or a movie question. We don't care. We just like it all. That'll, that'll end it. So remember to be kind. And rewind. <laughs>